Hey, you are listening to the Holistic Travel Nurse Podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're one of my um, followers and part of my tribe, I don't have much on um, Facebook anymore, but hopefully you will watch some of these videos that have been put over on my Telegram. If you want to see the whole thing, this is a little bit of a crosstalk. I just think that the censorship is so huge. I have to share these things that are getting missed. I am also going to be talking soon with some interviews that are great that are coming out. I also going to be doing things on how to love your liver, um, how to manage stress, and what's your lymphatic system all about. I hope that these things will help you um, kind of keep you healthy um, as we are battling for our lives um, since... Uh, We've had the world all turned upside down since uh, March of 2020, I would say. And I hope your eyes are open to really what's going on. If they're not, please turn off the TV and um, get on DuckDuckGo, not Google, and do some research. Anything you're hearing on here is not medical advice. It is ways to go research and um, take your own health in your own hands. So I, I did get a chance to, to, to get Rev back on, because I remember that uh, we had looked into Binglu together maybe about two years ago. Now, I think I was maybe looking at it after the death was announced. We definitely talked about it, because it was, a, it was an odd death, right? Back when we were working uh, together at, uh, at True News, you know, we looked at this. And uh, something I, I, I did, did find, this is correct. This is correct, that it was reported as a suicide murder, and they insinuated, they insinuated that Binglu was in like some homosexual relationship, right? And that was the core of it, that he was in some homosexual relationship. They never bothered to investigate it past that they found Bing Lu dead. They found Hao Gu, that architect uh, that was working in Pittsburgh. Um, this man uh, was found dead by his car, and they said, hey, this is just what happened. He must have just shot the guy. And then the wife found both. They found the, the husband, and uh, which was Bing Lu, and, and then no one ever talked about his research. You'd mentioned this in the documentary, uh, Nick, and it was so intriguing because... Bing Lu is at the center now of one of the biggest proofs, right? The proof that Bing Lu's research ties directly to snake venom, snake venom related to uh, other side effects and other things we're now seeing with remdesivir, the bioweapon, the COVID-19 shot. They, my question to you is, uh, was there anything uh, in addition to what was reported in the documentary that you think was suspicious? Because clearly the Chinese, by the way, Nick, uh, when I found this, the Chinese absolutely believe Bing Lu was assassinated. They believe that Bing Lu's death was a CIA hit because Bing Lu was about to expose that the U.S. had been lying about their knowledge about the origins of COVID-19. What do you think? I think I don't trust a single dang thing that ever comes out of China uh, for the rest of our lives. I think we'd be well served. Um, you know, we're seeing this happen again right now with videos of skyscrapers and people shouting out of them, crying out and dogs and bags being killed and uh we seem to have a, a, the memory of a goldfish because two years ago we had videos of people passing out in the street and uh it, it, it three months later they're having pool parties in wuhan so i'm extremely skeptical of anything that the chinese government comes out with or even that is leaked and i was extremely skeptical when there were supposed COVID-19 whistleblowers coming to the United States, researchers and whatnot, people who had escaped. It's it's just very prudent to remain skeptical. However, uh, it's extremely suspicious 
that Bing's research has never been aired uh, after a year and a half. And this this uh, supposed lover's triangle that he was in, um, you might shoot somebody once or twice or three times, but he got shot 10 times and there was nothing to substantiate that there was any sort of romantic involvement. Well, certainly the, the Allegheny uh, County Medical Examiner said gunshot wounds to torso, neck, and head. I mean, if this man, uh, Hao Gu, who was, uh, uh, was a, approximately uh, nine years, about a decade older than uh, Bing Lu, uh, they had shot him. They, they never explained, first of all, where he got the gun. That's, I, I love how the police uh, were able to conclude that this had nothing to do with his research. That was the official statement. Nothing to do with his research. But they never bothered to explain where this Chinese-born immigrant to the United States, I guess he was naturalized, you know, was able to get a gun. Then why he decided to shoot this man in the head and the chest. I mean, you think about an assassination, okay? A hit is often characterized. Uh, I think the Rangers, the U.S. Rangers, will talk about two to the chest, one to the head, okay? But this hit never explained, never explained where he got the gun, never explained where he got the training potentially. Just explained as it just must be it was in a homosexual relationship and they had a lover's quarrel and a shot. No investigation, no talk about the research. My question, and obviously we've talked about this too, look, what we're seeing in Shanghai, I, I'm very, very, uh, I'd say, uh, very critical. I'm looking at saying, am I really seeing another lockdown around? We talked about this at the time, right, Nick, that often when we saw things out of China, we had wondered why are all these videos able to come out of China? Remember back to the lockdowns in Wuhan across China, people falling over at train stations, people just, uh, you know, we, we were able to yeah. have the eye view, the bird eye view of death from a cell phone and then transferred through the great Chinese uh, firewall. Now, that is the, the censorship in that country. Now, do you think, again, that, that it's possible that the CIA could have done this or this is another, another version of the simulacrum we're seeing? Because it, wouldn't it benefit, for example, the CIA? To kill someone who is potentially debunking the theory that it came from China, a lab, a bat? Yeah. Nation states sort of break down when you get to this level of evil. You know, you're not talking about um, just the United States or China, their involvement. You know, there's probably 50 to 150 people who are benefiting, curating, and playing this giant chess match. So, um I think it crosses the, the boundaries from CIA to, you know, PLA and everything in between. Um, what it, There are a few people who had obviously benefited. Every single person who made a dollar off the pandemic, right? There was the largest wealth transfer in human history. Eight trillion dollars went from us to them. Uh, okay, they benefited. There's so many competing interests in all of this. Uh, but the easiest way that you dispel it is release his research. And it's the same sort of thing with whether there's graphene oxide in the vaccines or not. I know I performed microscopy on the, the, the Pfizer, Janssen, and Moderna shots. I looked inside of them and I took photos of stuff that looked extremely suspicious and highly similar to graphene oxide, reduced graphene oxide. Okay, either sue me for defamation or release the actual ingredients list or Pfizer at least acknowledge that there are people around the world with these lunatic conspiracy theories alleging that there's certain things going on. And the same thing's true with, you know, with Watch the Water. What we just claimed is enormous and easily falsifiable. The proposition that Dr. Artis made is, can be refuted um, about 10 or 15 different ways in an afternoon.
And every day that it isn't done, uh, I believe, you know, evidence, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, but I do think that it increases the credibility when a company who could squash any of us like a bug with their lawyers and with their money and with a defamation lawsuit aren't doing a single thing to address it. Well, certainly in your, um, the documentary, uh, Dr. Artis uh, highlighted quite a lot of great research. He did a great job. Um, you know, he did a great job putting this together. Uh, there appeared to be a couple of people that were down this route even a couple of years ago, you know, after the death of, of Mr. Bings. They were looking into this mysterious death and seeing what he was researching. But what he did a great job of, of highlighting uh, in, in the film was uh, that he was on, on the path toward a breakthrough. Now, the breakthrough is important, right? And as you detail in the film, this breakthrough has both an explanation for the magnetism, uh, the weird, uh, you know, examples I get of people being able to put a magnet to their arm. That was considered to be a conspiracy theory. But even bigger than that, that what we actually, what we actually have been experiencing is uh, a poisoning uh, in, in comparison to a venom. And then one thing I think we were talking about earlier, right, Jillian, is that uh, for horses, for horses, mm -hmm. right, the, the horses are given ivermectin, not just yeah. because of viral infection, but it also can help uh, to ward against snake bites. Yeah. Right. And as so you've worked, you've worked around farms. I mean, you're up in Washington state. Yeah. I've seen a lot of things happen around farms. Um, ivermectin was used a lot. Um, and it was, they usually got most of their stuff from India. Mm. Um, but they used a lot of ivermectin for treating horses whenever they were down. And, um, that kind of popped into my mind when we were talking about it earlier, like, Oh my gosh, this is like a snake venom killer. And mm. it, it helps, horses and so that's why it's being used on on people too because it's the same anti-venom what do you think Dick? interestingly enough there's uh, a lot of research for aspirin salicylic acid being uh, beneficial for covid covid19 and uh aspirin acts on the ace2 system which is what's impacted by covid19 um, and the ACE2 system is the angiotensin, renin, and aldosterone system that uh, interacts with your lungs and mediates the inflammation in your lungs, um, the cytokine storm that Dr. Artis talked about. So, But right now, you can go online and buy Anaprin horse aspirin because they give horses large doses of aspirin, obviously, in comparison to human beings. There is so much overlap between the peripheral off-label medication that is used for COVID-19 and uh, remedying the impact of envenomation. So early on when we were talking about the use of hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, zinc, quercetin, and all these other compounds to solve uh, the disease process that we called COVID-19, I kept asking myself, Okay, because I didn't believe it was a virus for two years. And Ed, you can confirm that, that I was considered a lunatic for about a year and a half saying this is not a virus. Lunatic. I did dare you to go well, uh, to let uh, someone who's infected spit it in your mouth or maybe, you know, you go, go, go test it out. I said that to remember. I was like, look, okay, let's test that theory. Let's, let's do what yeah. we do, right, with proper researchers. Go ahead. So I was then asking the question that, okay, when people actually are sick, regardless of whatever the inciting incident was, how come these drugs appear to work in some in some cases? And what people don't understand is that diseases don't fall into clean boxes. When you get sick with something, 
like for example, an autoimmune condition, there's thousands of processes happening in the body at the same time that that contribute to a disease state. And if you take a substance, for example, like aspirin, which globally reduces inflammation, it's a COX-2 inhibitor. It works on the ACE2 system. Uh, It lowers prostaglandin synthesis. It reduces inflammation globally in the body. It thins the blood. It reduces serotonin. The list goes on and on and on about what aspirin does. People get confused, right? So if we take hydroxychloroquine and they're like, well, well, why is an uh, anti-malaria drug working on SARS-CoV-2? Is it not a virus? And then you talk to somebody like Zev Zelenko and he explains that, oh, it's, it's a zinc ionophore. It's a gate into the cell for zinc. And you have all of these crossovers of medication and, and, and so much confusion that's happening because we've never isolated SARS-CoV-2 from a sick patient. Never in the, in the history of medicine has SARS-CoV-2 been isolated from a sick person and sequenced and then administered to a healthy person and they got symptoms of the sick person. Never has happened. But what we do have is what Dr. Artis explained is you can produce every single symptom that we call COVID-19 from uh, the administration, either orally or through injection of snake venom. Well, clearly, some of the uh, the treatments are obviously overlapping, and what you laid out in the documentary, especially renal failure, we were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. remdesivir. Yes. I mean, it's anybody paying attention, remdesivir is a death sentence. Yeah. Know, it's, it's, and it's clearly part of a protocol that's being applied in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Well, you were saying that part of poisoning, uh, yeah. you causes a, a, a renal failure. Yeah. Um, I, sorry, um, I, when I was watching, um, a show, it was a medical show, it, um, it discussed a, uh, particular patient that, uh, was bitten by a snake and a, a venomous snake. And so they, um, they gave this patient, um, they gave this patient, uh, hydrochloroquine, um, and it healed the patient. And when I was watching this documentary as well, uh, right when I remembered that when watching the show, um, it was it was insane to me just how uh, that that was possible. And um, I didn't look it up. I was just like, okay, well, this is just a show. But looking at this documentary, I gave so many little pieces of information um, to basically just like read through the lines of how how these. Um, real treatments that are being banned actually work. So, well, certainly. I mean, Nick, you you've spent a lot of time both uh, for the Greatest Reset and uh, this project that's just been released here. Um, that uh, you you spent a lot of time looking at the response and say how doctors, uh, brave ones at that, uh, Dr. McCullough, Zabzelenko, even Dr. Artis, have been treating patients. Uh, that is the thing that stuck me. I'm, I'm still kind of shivers a little bit thinking about. It. I'm processing it because. I'm seeing uh, the same treatments that were effective against uh, COVID-19, effective against even bioweapon damage. People take the shots. Some of the things that that are being uh, suggested are helping uh, patients with uh, artery damage and such. But that is also used when you get a snake bite. I mean, it's it's still, I I can't get over that. I mean, I know from my training in the military, we're told, and you, you actually, firsthand, you were with me. You were with me the day after, I guess, I was starting the cytostorm, right, you know, COVID-19, whatever we're going to call that day. I was feeling terrible. I don't even know still to this day what it yeah. was. We assume it was, right? Remember that. Is it, There's a period of time when you're still okay, but you're starting to see symptoms, and then you go to almost not being able to breathe. 
mm-hmm. right? I don't, well, I, I still don't have an explanation for that. But, but that part right there, can, can you talk to that? Because that, that is something, was I hit, for example, by venom? Is that, was I, I, someone who suffered or thinks they suffered COVID-19, was I actually experiencing the side effects from a snake bite? Well, I just remembered another symptom that you experienced that has an identical overlap to getting bit by a venomous snake, and that is delirium. You were yes, experiencing you are delirium. Right. And look at any characterization in any film or medical textbook of what happens when you get bit by a snake, in addition to the cytokine storm and the blood clotting and prothrombin time and so on, the person goes delirious. And what is something that people continued to report when they had COVID-19 is that their dreams were insane and they were sweating and they heard things and saw things. And it was almost demonic, the level of tinkering with their psychology that happened. Chris Cromo. Chris Cromo said that, right? Chris Cromo said that he, he thought he saw his dead father, his dead mother, his like demons almost. We're like, wow, is he having like an encounter with God? And, you know, some people blame it on hydroxychloroquine because that was one of the uh, side effects early that people were saying that hydroxychloroquine produced. Like a malaria. Well, it could effects, be, you know, it was wrong. In, in some ways, when um, when you take a drug that is supposed to heal a certain infliction, it can often expel the uh, toxin from one area of your body and get it to the places like the liver, the kidneys that uh, that process toxins. So, if, for example, you have the nicotinic acetylcholine esterase, to quote Dr. Artis, um, being bound to by snake venom, and then you take hydroxychloroquine, which binds to the same receptors, now that's going to be displaced. So now that's free-floating in your brain. It's right. It's across the blood-brain barrier. It's free-floating in your brain, and it has to leave and go through your entire vascular system into your liver, kidneys, and then excreted. That's probably why they blame hydroxychloroquine for these you know, clown dreams or something. It's because it's, it's actually expelling the neurotoxin. No, it's my hypothesis. There's something in the uh, the documentary I, I chuckled because I personally know you. Uh, was the the potential benefits of tobacco, right? That's uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So is that legit? Is that like? Would you would you, for example, say because because it, it does block the same receptors, right? Is that the the whole rationale behind it? That if someone was smoking throughout the pandemic, uh, you know, smoking tobacco unfiltered, they don't smoke the Marlboro, smoke the stuff the gents smoke from a proper store okay you are not a doctor but but would you say that it's potentially a, a reason why many people uh, who are heavy smokers damage lungs i think dr Artis spoke to this too that that's why they didn't succumb uh, to COVID as you yeah expected. well and the literature on tobacco is about as skewed as the epidemic wait i have to interject here because i have to tell you a story so back in the day um when my um when I my first when my first marriage, um, my father-in-law um, used tobacco on a bee sting, and it sucked so the venom out of that bee sting out of the skin. And so, tobacco has been there's lots of crap in the tobacco, but tobacco itself, you research it as um, something that is actually beneficial, can be beneficial to the body, and of course they've taken it and put it with cigarettes would make it horrible and add a whole bunch of other compounds but tobacco itself has some health benefits and I can go to um, data research and and prove that to you and find that maybe there are also some things when it comes to the anti-venom part of it all 
Um, this is all very interesting because when I had COVID, I didn't have the respiratory issues. Um, I didn't take ivermectin. I didn't have hydroxychloroquine. I did um, some herbs um, and some, I think the anti-inflammatory thing was quite helpful for me. I did get a shot of um, an anti, a strong anti-inflammatory. I did lose um, taste and smell. Um, and I did have severe migraines and I don't know hallucinations, but I did feel horrible, feel horrible. And um, anyways, let's just continue. Right. So they say red meat causes cancer. And then they studied 500,000 people who ate McDonald's for 10 years. Right. That's not a, a study about red meat and cancer. That is a propaganda piece to vilify the use of red meat for a particular agenda. And the same thing is true with tobacco. Um, the consumption of tobacco is as old as time and the benefits are far reaching. Um, but tobacco and what's in a Newport are two completely different things. So the benefits of pure tobacco smoke have been shown to reduce Alzheimer's, dementia, and cancer and extend the lifespan in rat and human models. Pure tobacco smoke. Uh, it's as you begin to add the excipients in, the aluminum, the gunpowder, the, the uh, throat coolants, and so on and so forth. That's all the toxic stuff that begins to add up. Um, nicotine and continine found in tobacco are extremely protective. One of the things that they do that nicotine specifically does is it lowers estrogen. And during COVID, uh, it was found that uh, men and women got COVID at different rates. And they theorized that um, men were getting COVID more because they had higher testosterone. And in an effort to combat this, they suggested giving men estrogen injections. And I can provide the literature for that. Um, when in, in actuality, if you consume nicotine in the form of pure tobacco smoke, you're actually lowering estrogen while also protecting those nicotinic acetylcholine esterase receptors in the brain from being bound to by snake venom. So it just goes to show you that uh, quite literally every single thing we have ever been told about our health is inverted and it's by design. Well, sure. It's certainly proof of that. Uh, in general, we've spoken about this before about the fluoride in the water. We're oh, told yeah. they put the fluoride right to help with our dental care, right? It's such a lie. It's such a lie. It's such a lie. They they do it to make us dumber. They want us to be more um, controllable, and they want us to be more complicit and and compliant to the crimes in in not only the school district but um, in public drinking areas. They they have them everywhere, and it's disgusting what what they try to do to accomplish power. Oh, certainly. Now, now, there's a tie-in, I think, to uh, the film that you just published here, Nick. Now, they watch the water, okay? And I was watching very closely the venom. I was watching the snake aspect of, of the film. But the, the water aspect's important because we've known for a lot of time to at least filter our water. Mm -hmm. And you know this personally. You know my family, my wife. Uh, every single piece of water, every, everything she consumed is filtered. It's filtered. It's not taken uh, from the Indian River uh, County uh, Reservoir, okay? It's not, we're not, you know, but we've been wondering, right, the people who are shedding, people that are, are excreting, and they address this and watch the water, that, that 
even in China. They started saying, well, it's spreading through the water supply. And as Dr. Artis said, there's a predictive model that was being used that say, yeah, if we detected it in the reservoirs from wastewater for an excrement, that uh, there, now we could predict infection. Now, clearly, this is not the, uh, the model. This is not the, 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 the real takeaway. Your theory was correct that this was actually a cover. Can you speak to this a little bit? Because I'm, I'm watching the venom, but I want to watch the water. Yeah, in 1945, they started putting fluoride in the water without our permission. Uh, so we're, you know, about 80 years, 75, 80 years into this. And what's so important about this, and this was a, a suggestion from my partner in crime, Matt, to include at the beginning uh, the history of non-voluntary consumption of toxins that affect our physiology. And... Vaccines are slightly different because you have to go there willingly unless you're in the army. Uh, and, uh, you know, medication that's prescribed by a doctor, there's plenty of malfeasance in all of those areas. But none of us voted on having a thyroid suppressive toxic halide put into our water. No one. No one voted on this. We didn't agree to it. And it's very difficult to measure um, the damage that's being done and they were able to pass it off as okay well this will help remineralize your teeth uh, which is also nonsense uh, for many other complicated biologic reasons um, so there's a history of that then you have ddt mm -hmm. right we're spraying school children before they go to class as 10 year olds with ddt and they're like they have these jingles that they put on the uh, on the tv about how it's so safe you can eat it you can drink it and it's fine and then this is being spread on all of our crops in fact it's nearly impossible to find crops back when it was being used that didn't have this this um glyphosate like toxin put on it uh so then we come to today and you have sort of two angles to this hypothesis by Dr. Artis. The sentimentology is identical and the precedent both symbolically and uh, mechanically of the snake is the oldest symbol of evil in, in all of human history and they've been putting stuff in our water without our permission for decades and then we just so happen to have if you didn't call it a virus if, if we didn't call it a virus first and you just talked to doctors, and you diagnosticians, and you said, what if I gave you a patient that looked like this, what would you say is happening to them? And none of them would say a coronavirus because coronaviruses are wet coughs. And this reminds me, when we were filming The Greatest Reset, this blew my mind. We, were, we sat down with Dr. Judy Mikovits, and I told her, I said, I don't know if you want to talk about this on camera, but I don't think this is a virus. Might not go into it because it's, it's not the subject of the film, but and she goes, oh yeah, no, it's not. This isn't, this isn't a virus. She goes, a coronavirus is a wet cough, right? Your lungs fill up with fluid. She said, people's lungs are dry and their oxygen saturation is at 70. She goes, this is blood poisoning. This was a year and a half ago we filmed this. Mm -hmm. So she knew that, the, I'm not saying that she knew it was snake venom or anything, but she knew that the pathophysiology of this is not a coronavirus. It's not a respiratory virus. So you kind of have both angles happening at the same time. This historical precedent of people putting things in our water without a permission that affect our physiology. And then, and then the symptomology of 
COVID that just so happens to look identical to what happens if you get a snake bite. You have delirium, you have a cytokine storm in the lungs, uh, you have your prothrombin time increased, uh, difficulty with coagulation, global inflammation, specific renal, uh, cardiac, um, pulmonary failure, and your entire vascular endothelium gets shredded. It's, it's a snake bite. Now, Nick, uh, I know you're limited on time because like you, you have a family. You have a bun, you have filmmaking skills, and you have a family. I know you got to go pick up the family. But uh, I, I know that uh, for The Greatest Reset, you interviewed Dr. Robert Malone. And part Correct. of the documentary, Watch the Water, it addressed uh, the, uh, the connection between mRNA technology and, um, in production, maybe looking at venom, uh, looking at snake venom, and looking at a, a way to maybe enhance anti-venom, these other things. Have you spoken to Dr. Robert Malone about the findings uh, of Dr. Artis and your work? And did he have anything to say and anything based on your research? Is there any, anything, any kind of insight comparing those two blocks of, of solid information that you've been able to discern now? There still seems to be a bit of a bifurcation between uh, the proponents of uh, those fighting for our side, both for the liberty to choose whether or not you want to get the vaccine or, or outright saying this is a tool of mass murder. Robert Malone, to his credit, has gone through a very interesting arc uh, over the last year. When we interviewed him, he didn't know anything about the World Economic Forum. He didn't know anything about um, the history of, uh, of Thomas Malthus and the ideology of these people that are promoting the vaccines. He was a scientist through and through. He was a researcher, and uh, he had put forward several products that uh, became mainstream, right? He, you know, he lives very close to Merck. Um, then, about five months later, He's on InfoWars, and it, he says that when he was presented with this information at first, he thought it was a conspiracy theory. And now he sees it all playing out and that it's actually been documented. Fast forward another five months, four or five months, and he just goes on Tucker Carlson a little bit ago. And he says that he is ashamed as a vaccinologist that what he perceived to be an improvement in children's health because of vaccines is more likely associated with the improvement in sanitation and that actually vaccines are probably responsible for the maiming and killing of many, many kids. He said this on Tucker Carlson. So he's going through a very interesting arc. However, I think we're still a bit away from him uh, jumping onto the bandwagon of this isn't even a virus. And I told him that while eating pistachio flavored ice cream in his kitchen, that I didn't think this was a virus. And he politely he listened to me. He politely listened to me. He, he, believe it or not, said that I wasn't crazy, that what I was saying wasn't crazy, but he just disagreed. Hey, I would say that it's an endorsement of your intellect. And I, I certainly know you're not crazy. Uh, you are a wonderful, wonderful filmmaker, good friend. So. You have to go watch that documentary, The Great Reset. I thought that was um, an interesting interview. Forget that. But there's more to share. Um, and I thought I'd share it, if I can, on my platform. And I thought that was such a good conversation. <clears throat> and Miss Overlooked. 
and uh, I'm trying to decide what is important to share. Okay, we'll end it with Judy. to 
So we will speak that truth in love. We will show that love to each other. And we've already defeated the band-aids because God wins. Nothing unleashed against us will ever allow us to bow down to any other God again. Because our natural immunity is all we need. And we don't need an experiment to prove it. They just did the biggest experiment of our lifetime, of any lifetime. And we're still here. Never go away. Never give up. And never be afraid of anything that comes through a needle. Because you've got all you need if you've got the love of God. And we'll never give up. I promise that day I was jailed in 2011. I find a way to speak the truth in love. And God sent me Mickey Willis. <laughs> Okay, so if you've not um, heard and seen Judy, I got to talk. She talked to her. She, if you, you go to a, a rally, she will be there and she will meet you and she will spend the time to talk to you. Um, she is an amazing woman who has fought the system horribly and who is compassionate, who shows her compassion and um, speaks in love. I thought, um, with all I'm sharing in this episode about watch the waters the snake venom it has to be talked about um and uh i hope that you get off if you're new to me you get off the couch get off the tv and go to DuckDuckGo go and start researching your own stuff it, the science is so messed up it um unfortunately unfortunately will you can prove anything you want um because there's backings by big pharma it's not true science anymore i heard that with one of the podcasts i was listening to and i absolutely believe it um because of where the money that comes in to where the outcomes they want there's not actual true science anymore so with that we're just going to trust god and carry on and love on and i look forward to um chatting with you more in the future